Hey there, welcome to the podcast. My name's Tim and I'm your host. On this episode, I sit down with Raf Babalola, all-round interesting dude and co-founder of Temple, a new natural skincare and wellness brand for men of color. We touch on his journey, which I have to say is one of the best I've come across, starting a business in the middle of a pandemic, how he manages to juggle everything and advice for anyone embarking on a similar path. Before we get into it, quick word from my sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Clavio gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 30,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com slash your basket is empty to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash your basket is empty. Enjoy the episode. Raf, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for the uh, for the invite. I feel very, very, um, how do I put it? Humbled and privileged, <laughs> mate, <laughs> to be to be chatting with you on the on the podcast. So yeah, thanks. Oh, not a problem, not a problem. Um, I, I, are you keeping cool? Because I am sweating, mate. I am sweating. I am. So I've got a big. I've got a big bottle of like really cold water. Um, I've got a few windows open. I've got a fan on in the uh, in the corridor to get some cross ventilation going through the flat so yeah i am i am keeping cool although i have been out there and it is crazy it's stinking yeah, it is a bona fide stinker <laughs> yeah it's a bona fide stinker i've had to so like um uh, i i had a fan on but i've realized in fact i i was i've learned my lesson uh, i uh, my first podcast i did uh with priya which was amazing i uh, had a fan on in the background because where we were recording it it was live um and it was quite stuffy in the room so i had the fan on and then when i did the editing afterwards i was like what is that bloody sound and i realized <laughs> it was the fan so and then i did a test recording of this one before we jumped on because i've got a fan behind me because it's so stinking hot and you know what i'm like i'm not i'm not gonna get burned again so i'm sweating it out mate for the next 35 minutes. <laughs> good luck fan, fan is off yeah 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 um all right anyway i i uh, i start the podcast off uh pretty much the same each time and and i know yours is a particularly unique journey so i'm really keen to learn a little bit more about how you've gotten to this point so please take it away cool so i guess um yeah i guess you you put it in a really nice way by saying unique i think um the way i put it is i've sort of like stumbled into things here and there to get to the point of, of where i am now i guess it, it's been like a big um I guess it's like a self-discovery journey to get to where I am now. But I guess like um, my first experience into, I guess, business, well, the, a formal process of saying I'm in business was um, uh, while I was at university. Um, so um, just sort of like had a, a, some form of an idea that I wanted to like start a business or at least you know, create something. I think I'd say that I'm a creator first before I ever sort of like identified as like an entrepreneur or a businessman or whatever it may be. Yep. And I think it was just the understanding of like, um, sort of like had the idea while I was at uni, but then when I actually started working, so I was working for like this property company um, and found out like, you know, um, I was really short on time, working really long hours. And one of the things that I enjoyed to do was just sort of like, 
um, meal prepping. So like the meals that I'd cook to then sort of fuel what I was doing as I was working out, going to the gym, whether that I was trying to lose weight, trying to put on more muscle, wherever it, wherever it may be. And just found that I didn't really have enough time to be able to do that for myself. So um, spent some time trying to look for like, you know, there's got to be a service where I can tell them, hey, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. Can you cook my meals for me and then deliver it to my home? Um, because trying to find options in, like, in the supermarkets or wherever it may be, like it's always easier to find food that's bad for you than it is to find food that's good for you. And if you do find food that's good for you, it's like ridiculously expensive. Yeah. So as this like 19, 20 year old, I was having this thought of, hey, you know, I should be able to find this. Didn't really find anything that appealed to me. I found a lot of stuff um, for, you know, businesses that were tailored towards women. Um, and it wasn't necessarily actual food. It tended to be stuff like soups or shakes. And that wasn't really what I was looking <laughs> for. So yeah. it, yeah, like it just, it wasn't for me at all. Um, and it was, it always focused on weight loss as opposed to like, maybe somebody wanted to put on some weight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, exactly. um, so yeah, so started this, this food delivery company. Um, it was all around sort of like helping people cook meals um well we cooked the meals for them and we delivered it to their homes twice a week we'd make a delivery on a wednesday and a sunday it'd be everything they needed breakfast right through to dinner including snacks and it would be tailored around their personal goals so whether they're trying to lose weight put on weight however many calories they need however much protein or carbs they need um so did this in conjunction with personal trainers uh, a nutritionist found chefs to work um uh, with us, us being me and my best friend um, in a kitchen, and we had this business, and it was called Eat Work Share, and it was about you know we sh we we give you what to eat, we show you how to work out in the most optimal way, and then we connect you with like-minded people to be able to share your experiences, so everybody as a collective um, is able to like achieve and reach their goals quicker, and um, and that was like my first experience of, of what it meant to be in business, to build something from the ground up, um, and see an idea in your head actually materialized into something that was impacting people's lives. Um, so that was a great experience. Did that for the best part of a year. Um, and then we, we very quickly found that logistics in food is very, very, very difficult. It's, <laughs> it's really hard. Um, we, Anything we perishable, were, right? Is Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, become, um, like, yeah. Another thing to consider, yeah. Yeah, so many different variables to have to consider in it. Um, so we sort of looked at it, and, we, and, and myself and, and my friend and co-founder at the time, so we asked ourselves the question, and we said, hey, look, is this the thing that we want to do for the next five, seven, ten years? Um, and we both sort of said, hey, you know, maybe not. So um, fortunately, we were working in a kitchen that had uh, loads of different businesses um, that were sort of doing similar things to us. So we had a really good relationship with one of the guys who were in there. And we said, hey, look, you know, we don't know if this is a thing that we want to continue to do. So we're happy to sort of um, have you acquire us, so to say, um, and you can continue running this business. He had a much larger business and, and, and you know, it, it, it just made sense because it sort of seemed like we're going after the same people. So we sold that business. Not, nothing that would have made TechCrunch headlines. <laughs> that was like... <laughs> Our first experience of, hey, you know, we built a business, we sold a business, we must be doing something well. And this was like sort of like 1920. Um, and after that, I sort of just like went into the world of work. And, and, and I guess this was like my first experience where I had um, my real education and what it means to be in a startup. So I joined a company super early. I was actually the first salesperson that they hired, a company called Henchman. Um, and the reason why I joined them was because they were making a promise to deliver 
anything, whether it be food, clothing, um, you know, uh, something from the pharmacy within an hour. And just coming from a business where logistics was so difficult for us, I really wanted to understand how are you able to make this promise? Like, what, what, like, what are you doing that, that mm. we couldn't do? And we didn't <laughs> yeah, know what's the secret sauce? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Like, what's your secret sauce? Um, and I think on top of that as well, like, interestingly, like one of my, well, my best friend, um, who I started a business with later on, but I'll speak on that. He was um, the first person that they hired in terms of ops. So when they were looking for a salesperson, he was like, hey, look, there's a guy called Raf. I think he'd be, the great, he'd be a great guy to sort of come in and do this. And I called up my educational startups because I got in super early and I learned everything from what it takes to build a product to fundraising and, and interacting with investors to how you go about getting press for what you're doing, to building a team, managing your sales team, KPIs, targets, all of it. Like that was my real education. And while I was there, I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really understand exactly what this whole tech thing is about, what it takes to build a company, take it all the way through to like an acquisition in the terms of like this world of tech, because it was very different to the experience that I had. Um, so the plan was, hey, yeah, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to, you know, really develop um, my skills and understanding of what's required. And <clears throat> once I've understood that and I've seen that, you know, hopefully someday I can start a company in tech within startups um, and, you know, go through that whole process myself of, of building something and, you know, seeing it all the way through to like an acquisition and, and you know, maybe someday I'd find my face on, <laughs> on TechCrunch. <laughs> you'd get um, that front page article yeah 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 no i get it yeah yeah, yeah. um and like anything in life it didn't exactly go the way um I, I thought it would go um you know some startups you know absolutely rock it some startups you know grow a bit slower some you know grow a bit and then get to a point where maybe you know they don't raise that next round of funding and it means that some people have to let go um, and, that, and that was sort of like what, what happened with, with my experience um, at, that, at that company. And it sort of brought me to a place where I was, um, I guess, quite, quite confused in a way because I was like, oh, you know, I, I put so much of my hopes and really learning everything in this one particular place. I guess in hindsight, the way I should have looked at it was, oh, okay, you didn't work out at this place. I could go somewhere else and, and learn what would happen there. Mm. Um, but the and this is where you find out I'm a bit of an extremist. The, the next thing I decided was going to be, you know, the best idea and, 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 you know, a really good thing to do was to run away. And the place that I chose to run away to was Australia. Um, as far as, you can, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Look, it's exactly. a big bloody country. So if you want to run away, you know, it's probably not a bad destination. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I say, I, I say that and, it, and there was actually like, there was, there was quite a few things that were going on at the time. Um, you know, I was, uh, you know, being completely transparent. I, I was sort of dealing with things around anxiety. Um, you know, uh, I guess that's where I started to really sort of realize that I was sort of struggling with things mentally. Mm. So I guess for me, it, it, in, in, on one hand, it was like, okay, I need to get away to sort of like clear my head and think about what I want to do next. And on the other hand, I think it was me just sort of like running away from myself in a way, just because I was sort of like struggling with a few things. Um, and it was while I was in Australia that I sort of took some time out and thought to myself, okay, cool. When I go back home, what, what exactly do I want to do? Um, and as cliche as it sounds, 
I was sat on a beach. I was in uh, Surfers Paradise, Gold Coast, um, sat on a beach, staring into the, the horizon, staring into the sea. And I was like, I said I was going to start a business after Henchman. And that's still what I'm going to do. I'm going to go start. I'm going to go home and start a business. Um, I had no idea what business I was going to start. I just, I had made this commitment to myself that I'm going to go home and start a tech startup and that would be it. And I'm going to make this happen. No investors, no idea, no real direction of what it was going to be. But as I thought on it more and more, I remembered the experience that I had trying to get to Australia in the first place. Um, that experience being that, um, and I know we haven't been able to do a lot of traveling now, but back then we're talking um, 2015, um, like flights to Australia were, were, were pretty expensive. Um, we're talking sort of in the region of like a thousand pounds at the period when I was looking at yeah, it. Yeah. Or more, um, right? It can get up to 2000, yeah. you know, it's like super. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was just thinking like that's that's a lot to expect someone to ha- to, to be able to, to pay out. Um, I guess in my case, it was a really like, short short notice decision um for other people it may be that you know they save up for a while but then even that whole experience of having to plan that far ahead and have to save up and you're still paying a thousand pounds on a flight or more is a lot to ask of someone and i just thought to myself hey look we can spread the cost of cars we can spread the cost of furniture mm. um and this is bef- mind you this was before Klarna or Afterpay or, or any of these 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 um these businesses that we now see that is pretty 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 common practice now. Um, it just wasn't it wasn't that readily available within travel. Um, and I just thought to myself, there has to be a way to be able to do this, and that's the problem I decided I was going to solve when I went back home. And um, yeah, after close to a month in Australia, I came back to London, and funnily enough, I stumbled across um this tweet that was put out by MasterCard and they said, Hey, you know, we're looking for people who are going to create innovative, um, uh, products uh, and services that will combine the world of payments with travel. And I saw that and I was like, okay, great. So this was, they were basically like promoting a hackathon, a weekend long hackathon that they were going to do. So I saw that, um, and I spoke to uh, one of um, my, my best friends who then later became the, co- the co-founder of this business that we're going to go to, to address this problem. And I said, hey, look, like this, this, this seems like it's perfect. Like this seems like it's, it's exactly at the intersection of, you know, the idea I've been thinking about. So long story short, we went to this hackathon, pitched the idea, room full of designers, coders, um, people from the travel industry, payments industry, you stand up at the front. We're talking nearly 50 people in the room. Um, this happened over at um, uh, a space in, 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 uh, in uh, Shoreditch in, on Old Street. Pitched this idea. I thought I was going to get loads of people saying, hey, I want to be part of your team to build this thing <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah. Not a single person <laughs> approached me. No one. Like, And I thought, me being like, I don't know, I just thought, oh, maybe they... You know, maybe they're just a bit a bit shy to approach me. So I I got this piece of paper, wrote my name on it, really big, wrote the name of the idea. It was called Fly to at the time, um, as in Fly to Australia, Fly yeah. to Barcelona. Um, held it above my head. Hey, you know, I'm the guy that spoke about this idea. Started walking around. Still, nobody wanted to join my team. So I guess like maybe the ordinary person would have just took that as, oh, okay, yeah, like this didn't work out. So let's just go home. Um, or I could have joined someone else's team 
Um, but my, my best friend, um, say he was like, no, do you know what? We're going to find a way to make this happen. Mm. Um, so him and I sat down, we, we, we started sketching, you know, what this, what this, what this, um, platform would look like, the functionality of it. Um, and long story short, after, you know, uh, so it started on a Friday evening and by the Sunday afternoon where everybody would present, you know, their ideas and what they're doing. And we had judges from British Airways, MasterCard, um, Transport for London. Uh, we <laughs> ended up winning the hackathon. We, yes. we, we were able to put together like this really basic version, like wireframes of how the app would work. We put together this business case. We did this pitch. Um, I think you can probably even find the video on, on YouTube somewhere. Um, and we, went, we, 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 we ended up winning the hackathon, um, which was great because there was some prize money that went with it. Um, so a pretty substantial amount of, of, of cash as well. So um, we, we, we used that and, and we put it towards getting this business off the ground, which eventually turned into um, uh, a... a um, a point, a point of sale um, financing solution for travel called Wonderpay. And we went through, you know, the, the, the majority of the life cycle that you'd go through to, to get, um, you know, a startup off the ground. We, we managed to get um, through a hacker, uh, sorry, a, um, an accelerator program with Wira, uh, which is over in, in Soho with Telefonica. Yeah. Um, we, we managed to, 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 to raise some funding from, from VCs and some angel investors. And we were on our way. We were building this platform. We, we were working on it for the best part of two and a half years. Um, we managed to get some amazing uh, businesses on board to be like you know, our initial customers. Um, but again, like it was the same old story. You know, life isn't going to go exactly how you think it's going to go. Um, and unfortunately, we had to close down the business just because we weren't able to hit certain milestones that we had hopes that we'd hit to be able to raise our next round of funding. Um, and I guess sort of beaten by that whole experience, myself and, and, and my co-founder at the time, we said, you know what? We've had like some huge learnings from this in both of those experiences. The first one from the startup I worked for and then the second actually doing it myself. And we said, okay, cool. Like, let's just go back to the drawing board, work for more um, startups, you know, incredible founders who we can learn from um, and really find what our path is going to be and, and what we want to do next. And for the last um, two years, that's what I've been doing. I've been sort of like working in, uh, in, in other startups, um, mainly in the capacity of, of sales and business development. Um, but very recently, coming to the point of where I'm at now, um, I think the penny really drops that the thing that I'm super excited about and, and passionate about is e-commerce um, developing brands. And I think the experience that, consumers have with brands as well that isn't just limited to when they have something in their hands but just a holistic experience with that brand whether it's how they do their marketing you know how the how the website comes across the messaging and um, everything that goes around the product um and the place where i felt like i could really get my feet wet with that um is in the world of like e-commerce and and, and and putting um brands together and launching them online right that is that is quite a journey i say to the people that didn't join your team at the hackathon. Mm. What a bunch of losers. That's what I say to them. <laughs> listening to this podcast, you losers. Anyway, that, that's mad. Yeah. So, I mean, 
that 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 is a uh, it, it's it, it's a, a slightly longer than usual journey, but it was incredibly mm. interesting. And, and I, yeah, I mean, mm. I think that yours is a very unique journey because you know how sometimes you do a bunch of shit and you don't like it and you go, I never want to do that again. Yours is more yeah. like you did a bunch of things that you really did like it, and then it was just kind of that next step which didn't eventuate but you know you get that mm. it's all that classic stuff right like so much learning you know like yeah. going through i mean there is i mean i don't know how many examples there are of anyone that starts something and then it just becomes you know um magnificent from day one and mm -hmm. that's the only thing they do like i mean the it's the classic thing you know the the things that don't necessarily go the full way where you do make the most learning um yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. But that brings us to where you're at now. And I know you, 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 you know, taking uh, what, what you said that you're kind of where you've landed at the moment in terms of e-com and, and, and branding mm -hmm. and experiential uh, concepts, that brings us to Temple. So that is where you're yeah. at now. Tell us all about Temple. Cool. So Temple is a, uh, it's a wellness and lifestyle brand for men of color. Um, and essentially what, what it is, it's, it's really about changing the narrative around what masculinity is for, for men, um, I guess specifically men of color, um, and just sort of encouraging people into um, having conversations around self-care, uh, self-love, um, and how that can radiate to people around them and the wider community. And the way we were doing that is by taking um, products to market that are specifically formulated or designed for the benefit of, of men of color and just sort of um, increasing their, their, their exposure to things like uh, skin care, hair care, um, you know, supplements and vitamins that are like, going to be beneficial to them. And I guess the main, you know, the, the main mission around this sort of came out of, and it's myself and, and two other co-founders, it was the personal experiences that we had in um, you know things like how we felt about ourselves at different points. So you know one of the things that I I I always go back to is how I felt before I went to Australia. You know with with those feelings of anxiety and, and those feelings of um, you know I guess I guess yeah you know being completely honest like periods of feeling quite quite depressed mm. um, and then just feeling that there is a connection between. Um, you know, when you increase the way you feel about yourself and that can be just, you know, taking care of your body, what are you eating, exercising, what are you putting on your skin? Um, it just, it, it, it changes how, how you feel about yourself. And you also get that positive feedback loop as well, because when people see you, they also say things like, Hey, you know, your skin looks great. Your hair looks great. Hey, you know, you look like you're really taking care of yourself. And that process then goes back to you feeling better about yourself, which can mean, you know, the feelings of, of anxiety or stress or whatever it, wherever it may be will, will eventually reduce. It, it also means that the way you interact with other people around you changes as well. Um, so, yeah, it's really just about, you know, having people feel better about themselves through the products that we're taking to market, um, but then also wanting more representation in the market as well. Um, you know, hair, beauty, fashion, whatever it may be, um, in, in those senses, you know, there, there isn't a, a huge, you know, there aren't many examples of brands that are specifically focused on this demographic, whether it be male or female. And I think over the years, we have seen some like amazing brands come out, whether that be, 
Rihanna with Fenty Beauty mm. or, um, you know, companies, uh, there's a company over in the States founded by a guy called Tristan Walker called Bevel, uh, which was aimed, you know, which is like a, a grooming kit for men of color, um, which has proven that there are markets um, and, and, and there are people with huge spending power who want these products. Um, but there just aren't many examples of, of, of people who are really focusing on that. And that's something that we, we wanted to do um, with, with Temple. And so at the moment, where, where exactly are you at with it at the moment? Yep. So we've been having like really extensive conversations with uh, dermatologists, health experts. So the first range that we want to take to market is, is, a, is a skincare range. Um, you know, loads of guys have been in that situation where, you know, you, you, you want to understand what, what do you need to do when it comes to taking care of your skin? And the first person you tend to go to is your girlfriend or your sister. Um, and then you very quickly realize how little you know about it, especially when they start reeling off, okay, you need a cleanser or a face wash or a toner, a serum, a moisturizer. Is it a rich moisturizer? Is it a mattifying? There's loads of different things that you need to try to understand to take in. And what we decided we were going to do is just like a really simple three-part system, um, which includes a cleanser, a toner, and a moisturizer, uh, which would be, um, you know, your entrance into uh, a skincare product. So we've been speaking with loads of dermatologists about that, spe specifically looking at problems that affect men of color, um, you know, whether that be, um, you know, razor bumps or hyperpigmentation. Um, we've been looking at the ingredients that we'd need to have within our products to address those problems specifically. Um, and in health experts, because we're also looking at things like, okay, like what sort of vitamins can people take to sort of help with, um, you know, the appearance of their skin, their nails, their hair as well. Um, so it's still very much in the, I guess, product development process for us. Um, and, in, and, and, and while that's happening in the background, what we're doing is just focusing on building that community, engaging with, with who our target audience would be, and just getting more findings, more insights into what it is that they want from this product when, when we eventually bring it to market. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. The, I've tried to avoid uh, talking too much about COVID because I think it's going to mm. run to death. However, I did want to mm. ask you, because this is quite an interesting time <laughs> to start something mm. like this. So what what is the best and worst thing about starting, I suppose, a business, a brand, a direct-to-consumer brand in the midst of such, you know, uh, unique times? Mm. I think the, I, I'll start with the best. I think the best thing is just the amount of opportunity that there is. I think COVID has... It's, it's clearly changed a lot. And, and, we're, and with that, we've seen loads of behavioral changes as well. Um, I, I remember sitting in on one of the, um, the, the panel discussions that you had, um, and there was a, a brand who were selling um, pizza-making ovens. And, you know, they, you, you know based on what, what they were saying, that they seem to be doing really well. And it's because the, the behavioral change that's happened is because people are having to be at home, they're now having to cook more. Um, so you know, you have more time on your hands, you're now cooking more. So you have an opportunity there where, you know, a brand like that can step in and say, hey, look, okay, we have a solution. Another thing would be, um, you know, we had loads of people having to work from home, something that people ordinarily weren't doing in, 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 in the numbers that, that, that we've seen. So that births an opportunity for somebody to think about, okay, like what, 
what what problems are there what solutions can we offer people to make that process a lot simpler and we've seen that you know there, there was um, an issue with how many people could get access to desks to set up home offices and i've seen a brand that spun up and what they do is they give you the ability to subscribe to a home office so you know your desk your chair all, all of the equipment that you need to set up a home office um you know in in your living room or your bedroom or whatever it may be i think there are you know we've seen behavioral changes that has meant that there's loads of opportunity for people to look for and to start something to offer things to consumers um i think the worst thing about it is probably the fact that it can be you know, with, with so much that, that was going on around COVID, it can be quite difficult to really be focused on taking a brand to market. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, how, how do you find the motivation to focus on, um, you know, building a new brand or taking something new to market when so many people are just focused on um, surviving? Surviving in, in different ways, whether that be, whether that be your, your, your mental well-being, um, whether that be your, your physical well-being and even your financial well-being, um, you know, with, with loads of people losing jobs and stuff, like how do you then find the, the room to openly speak with other people about, hey, you know, I'm thinking about starting up this brand. Um, and that's the other people, you know, so you also have to think about yourself, like you're going to have loads of things that you're thinking about and, and trying to like stay, um, I guess in, 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 in the right space about, so yeah, that's the, the, the best thing is that, yeah, exactly. Staying sane. So, so how do you balance that with also having, you know, this excitement of wanting to, to start a new thing, but again, like, you know, it as, as counting to, as intuitive as, as it may seem now probably is a great time just because of the amount of opportunities that we're seeing open up um, for people to bring something to, to, to market. Totally. It, it's like a, it's like a, it's a weird paradox of extremes, isn't it? It's like one extreme mm. to the other and one, one, one extreme sees that like big change means big opportunity. And then the other extreme is like, how do you, you know, mentally stay afloat, which you need that real mental kind of, uh, I suppose, acuteness in, in times when you're starting something when you're, it's groundhog day. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And you're going yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit every day. Mm. Yeah. I find it fascinating. I mean, I think it's like, I mean, I take my hat off to you. Anyone who does anything and just, because talk is cheap, right? People talk about mm -hmm. stuff all the time. It's the doers that do stuff, right? And whatever that is, mm -hmm. you know, getting back to some of the things that you've done and like, it, it, it's just about that next step between like thinking of something and going, oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, like what you said before, like the, I reckon that's really cool. The idea that you have something in your head and you're like, I am going to do that. And then it becomes a reality, like that bit there. Yeah. And then adding in the layer of COVID is it, kind of like a weird, it's a weird, yeah, like you said, yeah, opportunity. And then it's challenging at the same time, but probably on a, on a greater scale than what we usually mm -hmm. see. Now, yeah. you are not the sort of person that seems to just stay at one thing, it sounds like. So I know you're involved in a thing called the 10 times 10 fund. So... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, like, and it doesn't sound to me like you got loads of free time on your hands. So I'm keen to, and I'll ask you a question about that in a <laughs> bit. But so tell me about that. What's, what's the deal with it? You know, I'd, I'd love to learn a little bit more. Cool. So um, the 10x10, so 
I guess, so the first thing is um, most people who are aware of this group, and I say it like it's some secret society, when yeah. it kind of is, um, most people who are aware of it just just sort of, you know, it's, it's kind of it's 10x10. And so we started this about five years ago, um, and it was me and two friends. We, we both, like, we, we all had our own individual businesses at the time. And, and one thing that we, we, we sort of said was, it'd be great if we could have other people around us who looked like us, who were also building businesses with, that we could almost have as a, um, I guess like a, maybe like a power group, just just people that we, like-minded people you could speak to, understand, okay, what are you going through? Here's what I'm going through and how can we help each other? And it started with, with, with 10 people and what we would do is we'd meet on a monthly basis. We'd all go out for, for dinner somewhere. And we just, we just talk about our businesses. We talk about how we can help each other. Who can we introduce one another to? And then we said, hey, you know, we feel like this could be a lot more powerful and this could probably be like really beneficial to other people. So then we turned it into a WhatsApp group. Um, the WhatsApp group started with, um, you know, not, not, not many of us, like, you know, 10 people very quickly got to like a hundred people and today we're at a point where we now have thousands of people um all you know black founders um you know mainly mainly from london but also sort of dotted across the uk who are doing amazing amazing things um and we've we've progressed from it being a monthly meetup for you know to 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 have dinner and break bread and talk about our businesses to it being a WhatsApp group where people share information, content, and their findings, to it now getting to the point where we have a fund where we'll be able to disperse um, investment into um, you know really exceptional um, black founders, um, but then also looking into you know opening up a, a physical space um, for people to use as a hub um, and a place that they can come to to work, meet other people. Um, and for us, it really is just about like empowering other black founders to sort of have, I guess, that support system around them, um, to, to really thrive as, as business people. Yeah. Sorry. I, my apologies. 10 X 10, not 10 times 10. It's interesting though, right? Cause like it is kind of therapeutic. I imagine it sounded like that's kind of like there were elements of it. Of course it's about business, but there's that the element of like, getting together with people who are going through the same shit and it's like, you know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. something, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think that that's an interesting way to build those kind of communities. Cause there's so much like, there's so much literature and content and there's always someone trying to sell you something that would help you in these instances. Right. But it's always nice just mm-hmm. to have like a group of people that you trust and that you get together with and that you can just bounce ideas off and like, yeah, get advice. Uh, Cause I imagine it goes the, the broad spectrum, right? Like it, you know, you guys talk about loads of different stuff, like, depending on what 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 the business is doing and you know yeah i think it's uh interesting to see how that element of community can spiral into something bigger than than, than what you have at the moment so yeah that, that that leads me on to though the bit that i talked well the, the sort of the the idea that i i posed before how in god's name do you manage everything <laughs> like um, what, are you yeah what what do you, do you like have you got tools have you got like how, how do you kind of like you know just how do you go go through like um, what seems to be a very very busy life? So I think I've been really lucky and fortunate to have people around me who are like really smart and really capable. I think, and I think this is the case for 
for anyone who who has like um you know a few things that they're that that that, that they're working on at one time or anyone who's, who's accomplished anything and this isn't me trying to sound like oh i've accomplished something you know great and no it's just me understanding that for for anything i want to do i really enjoy working with other people um and i've i've spent enough time sort of just like looking at, at, at myself and what my strengths are to understand okay this is what i'm really good at this is what i'm not so good at and knowing how to find people who can help me with where you know i i i i, I fall short and i think because of that it means that i'm able to focus on areas of anything that i'm doing within um you know places where there can be crossover so you know i, I it, i'm not going through this process of how, how, where i'm having to stop and start between different projects so if i'm doing something with with temple or something with 10x10 like the areas that are i guess carved out for myself are areas that will overlap with one another so the same things i'm reading and i'm looking into that's going to help me with temple are the exact same things that are going to apply to what i'm doing with 10x10 and everything else like there's just super smart capable people around me who are responsible for that so my thing i've always known is around anything to do with you know what's the story that we're telling um how are we going to interact with with consumers with customers um how are we going to sell this how like what's what's the value proposition in this and someone else you know maybe like the the operations person who's really into the detail of, of, of how we execute on these things and it's just understanding where i have my strengths where they have their strengths we collaborate on that and it just means that we can get things done quicker without anybody burning out in the process as well that's very interesting i was expecting you to give me an example of some whiz tech tool that you help prioritize your time but it's 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 much more philosophical and deeper and probably more attainable in that figure out what you're really good at do that and then surround yourself with people that are equally as good at other things and you've got yourself mm-hmm. a pretty good situation. I think that that's, that's very yeah. sage advice, Raf. I like that. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So this is a bit of a, a slightly tangential question. Um, you mentioned it slightly, well, you, you touched on it before, but I, I'm always interested when I meet people that, that start stuff, like, do you consider yourself a founder or an entrepreneur? And like, if you did, is there a difference between those two things? Um, so i i'm not great with labels so i i i don't it's funny like i never growing up it was never a thing of oh i'm gonna be an entrepreneur um i just liked to hustle i just enjoyed Mm. coming up with ways of creating something and would people be willing to pay me for this and i just found that fun um and but if 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 i was going to look at the 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 two words, well, the two labels, founder and, and entrepreneur. I think for me, when I hear founder, I sort of look at it as um, somebody who, who gets a kick out of looking for answers or, or finding answers or, or finding problems that they, that they want to solve. So for me, um, if I look back on, on the things I've done in the past, like I found that there was a problem with how people pay for travel. So I went off and founded a business to address that. And now I've found that I'm not, you know, that well represented in the market of, um, 
you know, beauty and personal care. So I said, okay, cool. I'm going to now found a, a brand that, that addresses this. I don't necessarily think you need to be a founder to be an entrepreneur because there are loads of situations where, you know, somebody starts the company and then eventually they, they hire somebody in to then, you know, continue to run the business or take it to the next level that person i still think that you're you're an entrepreneur like you still you're still showing entrepreneurial flair within within that you know that situation you also have people who um you know maybe they're not hired to, to run the business but whatever whatever it is that they're doing within that business whether it's the the uh, the, the director of a, of a particular team or, or or a department and they're still approaching things in an entrepreneurial way I think, yeah, in the same sense, like I would still look at that person and be like, yeah, there's entrepreneurial flow. Like in my mind, you're an entrepreneur. I think the thing of being an entrepreneur, I think it's more of a mindset than it is something you do or, 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 or a label in, in regards to, you know, what you are. Um, and yeah, the, I guess the only difference would be, you know, found, found is maybe someone who's, looking for these problems or, or, or they stumbled into something and just found hey this is something to address and over time you develop that entrepreneurial you know know-how and, and and how you go about sort of like building on that initial spark of, of inspiration mm, yeah i think it, it's interesting isn't it because the, the there seems to be i agree i totally agree i think the labeling is 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 not really that um useful really because it's so easy to claim that you that one is either of those things and it feels that the entrepreneur mm. tag has become has kind of gone out of favor and i definitely feel that there's mm. more i see i don't know i'm just looking at like linkedin right and i see loads of founders and i see <laughs> i see that i see lots of entrepreneurs but I, I always think like yeah like what does it actually mean and i think you're mm. like I, I totally agree i reckon to me it's like you know somebody that like is not kind of content with the way things are and mm. has got the gumption to do something about it like that, that that's mm. kind of it right like you see there's oh there's something like yeah isn't there a better way to get to australia like why the fuck am i paying like a yeah you know <laughs> you know what i'm gonna just like that 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 to me is like and yeah entrepreneurial yeah i don't know yeah is, is that entrepreneurial i mean it, it is but it's also just you know like someone who's you know, like smart and motivated and, and just get stuff done. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we can, we can, we can um, digress on LinkedIn titles even further, but I, I was keen to get your thoughts on that. I'm kind of keen to sort of bring it towards a close and, and I have a, a couple of kind of final questions for you. And, and I'm, I'm keen given your like uh, winding path, like along the mm -hmm. way, or prior or whenever, like mm -hmm. have you ever had anyone give you some really good piece of pieces of advice uh and what advice would you give someone who would potentially be embarking on a similar journey okay um so in terms of really good advice that i've got over the years so one um actually came from uh my best friend and my co-founder at the time when we were running WonderPay, and he gave me like this um this five step process to looking after yourself. Um, because when you're building a business, it can be really hard. It can be really like, um, it, it, it's, it's super rewarding, but at the same time, it does take a lot from you and you need to sort of like 
really make sure that you're looking after yourself in the process. And he gave me these, these, these five things to always keep in mind. Um, and one, the, the first thing is uh, always get the emotional support you need. And that can be things like surrounding yourself with other entrepreneurs, um, mentors, advisors, people that you can go to to be really candid and, and honest about how things are going. Um, two is take care of your body. That can be just going for a walk or, or a run or, or going to the gym, just finding time to look after your body. You can also include like, what you're putting into your body as well um, to you know, really be your best self. Three is don't overload yourself with responsibilities. I think that's probably one of the most crucial things, like because when you're starting a business, like yeah, it's it's very much you know you have multiple hats on, so there's loads of things that you need to touch in on and, and be involved in. But if you're trying to do everything by yourself, you know the the, the worst thing that can happen is that you end up burning out. So so be careful about the responsibilities you take on. Um, four, make time each day for relaxation. Um, it's easy to think you always have to be busy. That's not the case at all. Um, something that I, 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 you know, took up was meditation, um, and journaling. So I, I, you know, try to make time every day for that. Um, or it can just be something as simple as playing FIFA in, <laughs> in the evenings or, or Call of Duty. It can be exactly. something like that as well. And, and don't beat yourself up about it. I think that's another yeah. thing. Right? Like whatever you yeah. find relaxing, just fucking do it. Whatever it is, even if someone else thinks it's like, you know, something that you shouldn't be doing if you're a founder, who cares? It's your thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the final thing is ask for help when you need it. Like, and, and I guess that's why I try to like steer away from labels because I never want to feel like, oh, because I'm the founder of something, I'm supposed to have all of the answers. No, that's like, that's BS. Like, if, if, if I don't understand something, if I need to, to, to get more knowledge on something, or if I'm really struggling with something, ask for help. Like, it's not going to make you any less of a founder. It's not going to make you any less capable because you asked somebody for help. So, so that was the five-step process that my friend gave me. Something else that I found like super helpful was there's um there's there's a British Nigerian writer um her name is Chidera Eguru um she's otherwise known as Slumflower and um she said that the best way to talk to yourself is to talk to yourself as if you're as if you're a four year old child so. Like if you've made a mistake or if you're having a really hard time, it can be really easy to like, you know, just get really down on yourself and to sort of like, you know, have negative thoughts and whatever it may be. But if you imagine that those thoughts are you talking to a four-year-old child, there's going to be a lot more compassion. There's going to be so much more patience. There's going to be more encouragement. So even if you do make a mistake, instead of it being like, oh, Raf, you did shit. Like, what are you doing? It will be more like, do you know what? You made a mistake. Don't worry. It'll be better next time. And you get into a pattern of that and it just helps you manage the highs and the lows. Um, and I find that, that 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 can be really difficult to deal with. Like when you have your highs, they're super high, but when you have your lows, it, it, it can be crushing. But if you just have this really um compassionate approach to how you talk to yourself and how you deal with yourself through this journey it should smoothen it out that that little bit that little bit more for you that's very that is like and so uh, okay so could, could we assume that that would be the pieces of advice that you would give or the advice that you would give to someone who is about to embark on a similar journey 
if I was going to give advice to somebody else who's going to go on this journey, I'd say surround yourself with people who are doing something similar because you very quickly find that um, what you're going through, someone else has gone through it before you, so they can sort of like be the hand that you hold to be like, no, it's going to be fine. Um, and it's just, it's just good. It's good to have people around you that you can connect with and you can, you can be open and honest with. And, and, and that, that sort of goes back to 10x10 and that's why we started it. It was because individually we were like, whoa, this is, this is tough. Like I'm going to need people who look like me, sound like me, come from the same places as me that I can have these conversations with to make this journey, um, feel, you know, a little easier. So yeah. So while you have these approaches that you, you you adopt for yourself personally it's also good to have that external support system as well that you can go to as well because you won't always have the motivation um to pick yourself up so you're going to need people around you who can also sort of like hold your hand and pull you up and be like hey look it's, it's going to be it's going to be okay so that's the advice i'd give to someone else surround yourself with people who are on a similar journey and can, can sort of keep you motivated and keep you focused as well that's very, mate, I'm going to take a lot off from that. That's very, very, very sage advice. Right. I'm going to finish it off with, it is a, cool. a shameless plug from yourself. Where can people find you? <laughs> Where can they get in touch? Cool. Um, so the best place to get me is probably going to be LinkedIn. So you can just run a search of my name. So it's Raphael Babalola. Um, or you can send me an email. Uh, it's Raphael at temple com or it could be um that you send me an email via the 10x10 um email and that's rb at join 10x10.com um so yeah anyone any one of those options um and i'm more than happy to, to have a chat with, with anyone that uh that hits me up that's that was great mate i really enjoyed that chat thank you so much for joining me well thank you man i appreciate it There you have it, a big shout out to Raf for joining me. I'd really encourage you to go and check out and support his new businesses. Uh, they are Take Care, takecarebox.co.uk and the one that we talked about most on the podcast and that is Temple uh, and you can find them at jointemple.com. Before I go, a quick word for my sponsor, Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. If you want to learn more, go visit them at clavio.com slash your basket is empty And finally, yeah, if you like the podcast, show it some love, like it, subscribe it, download it. I will see you all next time.